Hello and welcome to the Bold Believer Podcast, a podcast focusing on apologetics and faith-based questions and answers, diving deep into the historical evidence for the Christian faith, truths founded in Scripture, and how it plays out in the world we live in today. And now, here is your host, Josh Snyder. What is up? Welcome to another episode of the Bold Believer Podcast. I'm, I'm Josh Snyder, your host, and with me here in the studio, which is also doubles as one of the rooms in Talon's house, is none other than Talon Arts himself. Say what up? Grace and peace in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow, that was big and bold, man. All right, <laughs> starting off right. Here we go. Um, so today we're going to be doing something a little bit different than we, we have on the uh, last episode or two. It's going to be a little less clean. It's going to be a little bit more informal, and I hope that doesn't scare you away right off the bat. We're going to be discussing something, and we're going to call episodes like this, as you'll see in the title, Dude's Discussion, or Dude Discussion. Some, dude, I think we're going to go with Dude Discussion. Anyway, it's something new that we're going to be trying out, and we're going to be taking a topic, a fairly deep and maybe even broad topic, and really trying to hash it out, discuss different elements of which we are uh, knowledgeable about, and um, and even leave room for grace and, and uh, up for suggestion or, or thoughts at the very end here. Um, or if you wanted to leave some thoughts and wherever you get your podcast, you can do so. So I, I guess without go, getting too far into this, um, if you haven't done so already, please consider following and uh, sharing this podcast if you find any kind of helpful use out of it. If you feel there's some encouragement or if you just like and you want to help support what we are doing here just one episode at a time, please consider um, resharing the Bold Believer podcast wherever you have yourself on social media. And uh, if you don't have yourself on social media, well, that, that's okay too. You're not missing a whole lot. Um, but let's jump right in. The topic in which we're going to be discussing today is a, is a question, and, and we're going to be basically tapping into probably a variety of facets surrounding this this uh, particular question. But it's the question, here's the question. Does a Christian, as a child of God, do they have to repent after salvation? And uh, there's there's a lot of controversy surrounding this particular question, and I have heard both sides, and I've even, for a long time, I personally thought maybe... As a Christian, you don't have to repent because ultimately I believe the Bible is clear that God's blood is sufficient to cover all sin of, of, of his children. We are covered by the blood of Christ in, as, as children of God. But there's so much that this, that this uh, question leaves out and, and doesn't look into, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here today. So uh, first I want to turn over to uh, get Talon's thoughts on this particular question. We were talking a little bit before the episode started here, and so um, we, we have kind of an idea of where we're both at in, in regards to the question, but we wanted to share some Bible verses, some thoughts from those Bible verses and things like that, and hopefully leave you with some, some answers, especially if you're wrestling with this particular question. So Talon, what do you think the answer is based on Scripture um, do we have to, as as Christians, repent of sin um, when we're children of God? So, right off the bat, right off the bat, I'm going to say, absolutely, there should be an ongoing form of repentance in a believer's life after salvation. Why is that? Why would you say, uh, do you, uh, first and foremost, do you believe that that Christ's blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness? Yes. Okay, so... Why would you say then we would have to repent after salvation? Repentance is confessing and forsaking your sin. It's turning away 
it's not continuing in that lifestyle of darkness which you used to live where mm -hmm. before we came to Christ where everyone struggled with their own specific sins, mostly the same sins. Mm -hmm. But when you come to Christ and you repent from your sins, yep. you then turn away from your sin and you no longer continue to live. Now, a Christian may stumble, a Christian may fall, but as in Hebrews, it says that the father, if you are his child, he will chasten you, he'll discipline you and bring you back onto the right path in life. And he doesn't chasten those whom are not his. Yeah. So, so then as that child, to get back on the right path and to be in um, unison with, with God, to be in, in walking in the spirit, as we might say, does he or she have to repent to get to that point? Or should he or she repent to get to that point? From the sin. Yes. Okay. And I would agree. Um, this is a very controversial issue because, uh, and I understand why it is, at least at, at first glance. And let me share why, why I feel it's controversial based on uh, from what I've done, the research I've done. There is uh, many scripture that point to us being secure in Christ. And if you don't know it already on the other end of this uh, podcast, whoever, whoever's listening, if you don't know, um, I am a firm believer, and I believe Talon is at this point, based on Scripture and the things that we know and we've studied over the years, that Christ seals us as children of God to the day of redemption. Like we are saved. Some some of us, some people call us once saved, always saved, or once saved, or easy or easy believism, and and all this other stuff. And um, essentially, some people mock the idea that when you are a child of God, you can stay a child of God no matter what. Like God holds on to you no matter what. You cannot lose your salvation. And I believe you cannot lose your salvation. Now, maybe that ruffles your feathers a little bit. I don't know. But based on based so many scriptures, uh, the main one that I keep referencing to, we are that we are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let me, let me just pull that up real quick. So we see here in uh, Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verse 30 specifically, and the, just so you know, I, I'm, I'm a big believer of context and making sure we understand context. So just so you know, the context of this verse is, Paul speaking to the church in Ephesus. It is a letter to believers um, in this particular chapter. We see different direction about not giving place to the devil, not um, stealing, labor working with your hands, working hard um, to, to earn a living, um, not being corrupt in your communication, and, and uh, ministering grace unto people who, who, uh, who desire the truth from you. And in verse 30, it goes on to say, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby, which means like the Holy Spirit does this, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. So the first part of that verse, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, specifically gives a command because we can grieve the Holy Spirit of God as believers. Not that we should, but we can. And why? Why can we grieve the Holy Spirit of God and not lose our salvation? Well, it goes on to give the answer whereby, the Holy Spirit, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And that is the day in which we all cross over and our life ends. It goes on to give even more direction to, to of godly conduct in the church and in, and in your personal life as, as a Christian. And, and there are many other verses. We don't have a whole lot of time to dive into all those, but let me, let me reference a couple more real quick. So we also find eternal security um, um, referenced to in John 10, I believe very clearly, John 10, 29, when Jesus is speaking and he says, uh, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give, I give, it's a gift unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. 
And then just, just for reference for you, um, John 3.16, as most of us know, talks about us being having access to everlasting or eternal life. If It's not everlasting if we can lose it. Romans 5.1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are justified by faith. And if we are justified by faith and faith alone in Christ and, and what he did on the cross, that gr- the grace that he extends to us, if we are justified by that alone, then... Um, we cannot lose it. Otherwise, God's blood or Christ's blood was not sufficient for us. Romans 6 once asked the question, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? So, so I think Talon and I are both on the same page in regards to this. Like We are secure in Christ. That does not mean we cannot sin, but that that also means that, as Romans 6.1 just went on to say, we as believers can push against the will of God and push against um, what he would have us do to the point that maybe as, as, as somebody looking from the outside, they might look in and think that we, we aren't saved. But as Romans 6.1 asks the question, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The idea is grace will abound, but we should not continue in sin. And, and so I'm hoping to lay the foundation first and foremost that we are secure in Christ. And Another uh, thing I wanted to put in too is if you continue in sin and you're, you're a child of the Most High God, your Father who's in heaven, and if you continue in sin, you will be chastened. You will be disciplined. Yeah, whom the there Lord will loveth be things brought, yeah. yeah, There will be things brought into your life where God's saying, nope, nope, nope. Stop. And then he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll lead you to repentance. And that's why I believe that every believer must repent even after salvation. Otherwise, to me, it would be made manifest to me that they never truly were born again. They were never truly a child of God. And this brings me to 1 John chapter 2, um, verse 19. It says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Hmm. So even though they were in the church, even though they were with the people, even though they were partaking and doing things that the Christians were doing, they then left. And by that, it was made manifest that they never truly ever at one point ever were truly a child of God. Yeah, they were of the, the family of God, even though they walked, walked it to some extent, or they, at least they talked it. Yeah. They had a good talk. They had a good act. Well, it's and, just uh, like Judas. He, Judas, he walked with the apostles. He did the things of the apostles. He may even have healed the sick. He may have even casted out devils in the name of Jesus. Judas did many things which looked like a Christian, but yet Jesus said that someone was going to betray him, and all the disciples asked, Lord, is it I? Is it me? Is it me? But it was Judas, so they had no idea. They all looked like they were saved. They all looked like they were in the same group doing the same outward Christian things. Yeah. But one person's heart was wrong. One p- person's heart was inwardly wicked. It was yeah. a, He was a thief inside. Yeah, he had the bag, and, and uh, Christ knew it, but there was, you know, uh, again, we're gonna, that dig in, trying to dig into the will of God and how that all played out and... You know why God allowed him to do certain things or, or whatnot. That could, we could be here talking about that a lot more. But um, back to kind of the idea then, um, as as, ta- as you were bringing up the so so you believe that a lot of people may, might say they're believers and and truly you know seem on the outside to be putting up a face 
and talking like a believer and acting like a believer, but someday they'll get to the other end and say, Lord, I, I did all this stuff in your name, and um, what's he going to say to them? Well, like when we look at Matthew chapter 7, and we go to verse 21, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then if we also go down to uh, verse 23 of chapter 7, it says, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So we can see, he says, I never knew you, which means I never at any time ever knew you. I yeah. never knew you. Yeah. And why did he say, depart from me, ye that work iniquity, which means they lived in sin, they lived a lawless life. Yeah, and so that'd be another good verse to show that, you know, these people weren't Christians that lost their salvation along the way. These were people that Christ never knew never knew and and that'd be i mean some people might point to that passage and say look these people that were saved lost their salvation and and he said depart from me i never never knew you but he said i never knew you which means that he never as you said at one point knew them yeah. that's good that's good so so with that in mind with the premise of of um i think you just bumped the mic but anyway with the premise of the uh, of salvation being secure in Christ, because if Christ is not securing you, if his blood does not secure you, there, his blood is not sufficient and his grace is not sufficient if you have to maintain your salvation. Understand that even if you disagree with me, uh, this is why I'm so passionate about this. You, if, if, if you aren't secure in Christ for all eternity, his blood was shed in vain because you have to keep your salvation. You have to hold on to it. You have to do something. It's God plus you equals salvation. I mean, no, no. It was grace alone by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did alone. Do we have to repent as believers? As believers. So some some might say on this side, come up and say, I believe that Christ paid everything in full when I became a Christian. Like, I am saved, I am sealed. I would agree with that. But then they would go on to say, I do not need to repent of my sin after the fact that I made Christ Lord of my life. Even if, you know, even if I sin, I don't need to repent of it because Christ has already paid for it. There's a, I believe, a lie and a truth there because we see other verses that would say otherwise. The lie is I don't need to repent of my sin, but the truth that kind of encompasses it that I believe is Christ paid for all of it, past, present, and future. He paid for it. But we see um, other scriptures. Um, when, for example, the, the Lord's Prayer, just in passing in, in thought, it, he says, uh, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who trespass against us. Like, Christ encouraged us to pray, forgive us our debts. Forgive us of how we've wronged others or we've wronged you as we desire other people to forgive us. Like, like if we're supposed to pray and ask God to forgive us as children of God, then either Jesus was wrong or there is a reason why we need to repent as children of God. If you are, are in a place right now and you are living in sin, known sin that you that you you understand that it's wrong and God has not convicted you for it. You don't feel the chastening of the spirit. You don't feel the spirit trying to pull you away from that. You don't see that being made manifest in your life. Um, maybe you need to go before God and make sure your salvation, nothing wrong with it. And it, I mean, I, I did so at, at the age of 14, for example. And, and to be honest, some of the roughest years of my life were in, ahead of that even, but through it all, I knew that Christ was like literally there every time I messed up, to remind me that I, I could get back up and to follow on and to keep going. And Satan was there as well. He was telling me to stay down. 
No child of God would do something like that. No child of God should do something like that. And, and he's right. But thank God for for his mercy and his love through those years. And uh, even though I still stumble and fail today, his grace is sufficient. And I repent. And the reason why I repent is not because I need to hold on to my salvation. The reason why I repent today is so that I agree with God about my sin. I believe Talon would be on the same page and we would even agree with this. Is When we repent, we as Christians, we don't repent for our salvation. And even, even when we're bec- be, becoming a... Becoming a Christian, our repentance is not for salvation. The salvation is by grace alone through what Jesus did on the cross. Our telling him, telling God our sins and saying we're sorry about those sins is not a part of our salvation, but it is an agreement of our sin being wrong in the eyes of God and turning towards God, agreeing with God about your sin. And that is what true repentance is, agreeing with God about your sin and turning away from that sin. Jesus said, you must be born again. Yeah. To enter or to even see the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so when you're born again, behold, or lo, the old is past. Behold, the new has come. Yeah. The, the, All things the, may the, be. The, yeah. the old yeah. person you used to be is gone. Yeah. The new creature is here. Yeah. Your heart is changed and you will live in obedience to Christ. And you have a heart that will desire him, a heart that seeks him, a heart that seeks the truth and to live according to his words and want to grow in the wisdom and the knowledge and to draw near to what his will is for your life. Yeah. So so that does not mean, and we've we talked about this, we don't have time to go into to all this, and this might be another conversation, but that also doesn't mean that we don't fight the flesh or don't fight against um, this sinful world. The, the desires of the flesh, the less the, less the flesh, the less the eyes, and the pride of life are, are still temptations, are still issues that we're going to have to fight. Jesus fought them. If Jesus had to fight them, we've got to fight them. Um, and you know that's why that's why the devil, when he came to him to tempt him at the beginning of his earthly ministry, he literally came up against all three of those different categories of which we fight against temptation. He tempted Christ, and if Christ can be tempted, because again, temptation's not wrong. the 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 problem the part where it becomes sin is when we give into that temptation, and um, and and Christ had to come up against it, yet without sin. And so we are going to still have to fight our flesh. So, so don't, don't, don't get us wrong when we say that um, when we, we truly believe that there will be a desire to follow God. But when there is temptation and when there is failure, that does not mean that you are not a child of God. Yeah, what a tr- I mean, the true indicator, I believe, is the chastening of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Spirit out of that place. In 1 John, it says that to sin not... But if we do sin, if we do fall short, if we stumble, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. Amen. We go to Him, we we confess our sin, and we forsake that sin. And that's where it's faithful and just. that ongoing repentance takes place, is Amen. when you do stumble, you do sin, you have that conviction, you see it's wrong, you see that you've displeased God, you see you've you've done something that wouldn't be what your Lord would want. Yeah. And so you turn away from that, not to earn your salvation, but because it's it's in your heart it's in your yeah. new creation you Glorify. are now convicted you you you're broken over your sin you don't you you don't you personally hate your sin yeah. yeah but that flesh does rise up and it causes you to stumble yeah and, and that's what we're at war with every day war with them that's why we got to suit up every day and that's why scripture is so adamant about the devil being a roaring lion there actually being a war there's principalities there's fa- there's there's powers and, and and wickedness in this world that is coming up against us every day so we need to put on that armor that Christ 
has given us the helmet of salvation, the shield of shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit. Gird our loins about with truth. Hold Never that all together. Never forget to to put on the or shut up your feet with the preparation, preparation. of the gospel yeah. of peace. Yeah. Spread the good news. So uh, I hope we've answered this question for you, especially if you're struggling with the idea whether or not you have to repent as a Christian. I believe that there are denominations out there who give repentance a bad name or a bad, or, or, or a false um, impression of repentance because people have to go and confess their sins for the forgiveness of those sins to be right with God. Um, ultimately, we are always, as Christians, we are sealed under the day of redemption. We are always... Um, right with God to the sense of it, our soul is still saved no matter what. But there is the agreeing with God about your sin. The reason why we need to repent is to agree with God about our sin and to turn from that so that we can be in fellowship with the with the creator of the universe. Fellowship is crucial to walking out the Christian life. Because if we're not in fellowship, we can be a child of God, but God's saying, yeah, I know you want to do this, but I want to talk about what's behind your back. I know you want to go and do X, Y, and Z. I know you, you desire this, but we got to take care of this first. And he's God. And he knows all of that. So don't, don't think we can get it past him. Um, so true repentance is agreeing with God about your sin and turning from it, not for salvation, but to glorify him with your mortal body, to honor him. And because you are a child of God and it is now in your heavenly nature to walk on in the faith of what Christ has laid out all through all through Scripture. So in conclusion, with salvation and repentance taking place after salvation, I think a good verse that we can look at is in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, and it says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye bastards and not sons. Mm. So this again, if you are truly saved, you're truly a child of God, you're born again, and you do stumble, there will be chastisement that takes place in your life if you are adopted into the family of God. Yeah. But without that, if God isn't your father, then there will be no chastisement. Yeah. And that's a good way to, I think, to conclude on whether there should be repentance because God always will lead that believer to repentance yep. after salvation. And repentance, again, I've probably said it twice, three times already, repentance, agreeing with God about your sin and turning your posture from your sin or the, the, the place in which Satan has pulled you down or your flesh has pulled you down into and agreeing with him and turning to God and following on in his will. We want to encourage you to do that this week. That's something that we're trying to do. We're not perfect. We're just men. And so we want to walk that out every single day. And we want to encourage you to do so. Get into the Word of God. Pray. Understand that this is more than just something you do on Sunday. And if you only think it's something you do on Sunday, I pray that you uh, take this more seriously, especially if Christ is moved in, whether you've been saved for a while you've accepted what he did on the cross and you've been a, been a child of God for a while or, or whether or not uh, maybe you're an, a new believer. Uh, work that out. Walk that out every single day and uh, trust him. Follow on to, to know, know him more. And uh, we appreciate you joining us once again. If you liked anything that you heard or, or want to support what we've done, um, please consider uh, subscribing or sharing this wherever you get your podcasts and, and on your social platforms. And uh, uh, give, us a, give us a rating. 
We'd appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you again next time on the Bold Believer Podcast. This is Josh Snyder signing out from another episode here. And uh, Mr. Talonart. And this is Talon. And we're out, guys. Seek the Lord with all your heart. Every day. Pray. Read your word. And don't forget to fast every now and then. Read your your word. You said read your word. Oh, well... The word, of, the word of God. Okay. All right. See, I told you this is going to be a little bit more informal. We probably won't even cut that little part out. All right. Read your word. I mean, his word. Love you guys. Be blessed. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to give us a rating and follow us for more Christ-centered content as we learn and grow together wherever you get your podcasts. Now, go out and be a bold believer.